Welcome to today's talk with Erica. I'm Erica Del Sordo, here to discuss topics that affect people's personal and professional lives. Join me each week as we talk with experts who know how to answer life's questions and ease your mind. Hi, I'm Erica Del Sordo. Welcome to today's talk with Erica. Thank you for subscribing to my YouTube channel and audio podcast platforms. You can find all of those links in the info section. So with me today is someone I highly respect and admire. I've known her for nearly two decades. Kelly Craig is an award-winning television news anchor with 40 years professional experience. Her broadcast career began in 1981 while attending college. She held a few more news jobs in Victoria, Texas, San Antonio, Texas, then Tampa, Florida, and then five years later, Kelly was hired by WTVJ in Miami. We locals know it as NBC6, and the rest is history. In the 20 years that followed, the Kelly Craig We All Know and Love covered breaking news, politics, entertainment, and co-hosted a talk show, Six in the Mix, and she's not done yet. I am so happy you're with me today. You look beautiful. Hi, Kelly. <laughs> I was like, who is that old lady you're talking about? <laughs> Not moi. How are you, my love? I am fantastic. I am so happy that you can be here with me today. This has been a long time coming because I know you were supposed to be on with, and we're going to talk about when you were uh, with Mayor Karen Cunningham and, and the PIO for, but I was supposed to have you on then. It didn't happen. And I'm so happy I have you on today because we have so much to cover and we're going to have an awesome podcast. Oh, well, thank you for having me. I adore you. And I'm sure you'll be talking about how when we worked together, it was very early in the morning and I would see you and wave and everything. And you were always so up and you have such a beautiful voice, Erica. I'm going to try to emulate you this entire podcast. I won't succeed, but I'll try. Is it that angelic? It, oh, it is. It's just ethereal, my love. No, you're really talented. Thank you for having me, love. Thank you very much. That means a lot coming from you. So thank you very much. That's really special. Thank you. Um, but yeah, you and I worked together when I was just an intern. By the way, that was 2002. Then I was, hired, I was hired as an associate producer then before I went off to report traffic for 15 years. But I loved watching you on air when I was there and after. Oh, well, thank you. Now, um, was that when I was on the weekends and you were on the weekends? Is that what you're saying? We we worked together then? We did. Well, obviously we were. Yeah, you were on the weekends. I remember that. But obviously we worked together, I think, for the, the few years that I was there. But weekends were awesome. It was one-on-one. -on -one. I think I was your writer and you were the anchor. And that was that was fun. You're fun. <laughs> Well, I, you know, you have to be in life. I mean, we all take things so seriously, particularly what we were doing back then. It was serious business and we took the business seriously. However, when there were times to just relax and uncoil a little bit, you had to do that. Absolutely. You know, and, and you, picked your, you pick your moments when you can have fun. Uh, but certainly in that business, they can get uh, very stressful. You need to just unwind and um, kind of get to know the folks that you're working with. And it was a pleasure to get to know you and see by working and writing and everything back then that has sort of uh, enriched your career, hasn't it? it because you know a little bit about everything, right? Mm -hmm. It really has. And I learned from the best. Well, I don't know about that, but I, I hope that uh, in some way we all share our talents and we learn from each other. Yeah, absolutely. By the way, I want to start off with that. I was telling you, I have a surprise picture. So while we're talking about when we work together, here it is. 
Uh, I got to hit share screen for a moment, but you're going to, you're going to love this. Okay. Check this out. Now. I don't know if you can see my screen just yet. Not yet. Um, who's that? Oh, (laughs) Joseph. Now who, who are all those folks? Oh, Oh, I see. Look yeah. at that. Lindsay Zarniak now on Fox Sports. She's a, a, a sportscaster. And then Pam Giganti. That's right. I mean, how crazy. And I think we were all wearing red because it was support the troops day or, or something like that. And look and- who didn't participate in the wearing red. And by the way, I kind of like you as a blonde lady. Well, <laughs> I was a blonde for 18 years. That was the, I, I always say it's the worst type of blonde you can be with all those chemicals seeping into your head for 18 years. But thank you. Thank you. I was so young there. I think I was 21 in that picture. And do you want to know something? My birthday just passed and I turned 40. So that's lady. That's a different lifetime ago. Thank you. No, but you know what? I, I knew it was you, even with the blonde, even with the youth, and you are still young. Age, my friend, is one of the most relative things in the world. And when you are my age and you look back on 40, you think you're just beginning. You're just starting to get to know who you are. You're starting to realize what's important in life. And you really have so much ahead of you. So don't look at that as old because you're not. You look beautiful. I think you are well on your way to living your best life. And you have only rosy things in your future. I can tell. I can tell. I can see the future, my love. (laughs) That's fine. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. And I feel, I feel good. I feel better going into 40 than I did at 30. So thank you. And I know one day I'll be looking back going, Oh, I wish I was 40 again. No, I know. (laughs) I, you know, I never look back and say, I wish I was 30. I wish I was 40. Um, What I do do is look back on those and say, I, I wish my faith was a little bit stronger because now at my age, I look back and say, if I had only had faith that things are going to be okay, because they always have been with faith, not on my timeline, but with his timeline, mm-hmm. I'm going to be okay. I wouldn't have worried as much. I wouldn't have had clinical anxiety as I did at one point. So you really have to stop and, and not look like, mm, I'm 40, I'm 50, what have I done? Listen, everybody's just trying to figure it out. And if we look to a higher source, we're going to be just fine because it's not all about us. It's about building each other up and and having faith that things are going to be all right. Whatever your higher power is, you have to look at that higher power and know everything's going to be just fine. And it will be. I love that. That, that couldn't have been more perfectly said. You're so right. You are so right. It always works out. And you're always like, why did I have anxiety over that? It always works out. You're so right. Thank you. Just tell yourself that. And, and I mean, not that I'm any uh, font of information or, uh, or, or I know it all. I don't. But that's the one thing I do know. With faith, everything's going to be all right. And, and we have to be patient. Be patient and be faithful. Yeah. That's true. That's thank very you. true. Well, thank you. Words of wisdom from Kelly <laughs> Craig. <laughs> I love that. With Jack Handy, deep thoughts with Kelly Craig. <laughs> I didn't mean to go there <laughs> quickly, but really words to live by, I think. So what else I love that. 
I'm not used to, uh, by the way, answering the questions. I'm used to taking over the interview. So you're just going to have to stop me if I if I start to the role reversal here. I was going to say that might be fun if you take this over. That might be fun. That's that's too funny. Maybe a new show is in your works. That's so funny. Let's move in chronological order, though, because you've done so many things and people know you from so many things. But like, I'm going to take it way back right now. You won the George Foster Peabody Award for Hurricane Andrew coverage and Hurricane Andrew struck home said in 1992. So mm-hmm. you were already winning awards then. Well, you know, um, listen, that was that was a group award. I did not win that autonomously. That was that was by all of us at NBC six that that covered um, Hurricane Andrew. What um, what a career making event. Uh, But above and beyond that, it was a very personal event for everyone who lived in South Florida. We lived it. I, like everybody else, when I look back on it, I get the pit in my stomach. Um, I recall my friends calling me, screaming me, screaming and saying, my house is going down around me. What, what can I do? Um, where do I go? And to have been in that little closet with Brian Norcross and Tony Segreto and, and broadcasting that night and knowing that in many cases, we were the only source of information for people who were indeed going uh, through it, thousands in fact, um, it, it, it was profound and extremely humbling to have been recognized for my small part in helping people get through it. Um, but that was just the beginning, you know, to, to cover Hurricane Andrew that night. The real story was seeing people try to put their lives back together. Mm-hmm. And the takeaway that I got from it was how extremely helpful people were to each other. I mean, people were bringing donations in from all parts of the country and all parts of the world flying uh, supplies in that were being brought down to South Florida. Neighbors helping neighbors. I mean, that's become almost a cliche since then. Um, But to see the humanity and to see the patience on the faces of people who had lost everything, that to me was the real story of how a community can come together after such devastation. And we learned so much. I mean, who in South Florida ever looks at an oncoming hurricane the same way after Andrew? We learned so very much. And, um, you know, for those of us who get into the broadcasting business, Ms. Del Sordo, uh, we want to help each other. The bottom line is we want to do something in our lives that betters the lives of others. So for me, and I, I'm sure I can speak for everybody who was in the newsroom that night and thereafter, that was a career-making event and didn't want it to happen, was a horrible thing to have happened. But the preparation that went into it by Brian Norcross, you see, what he did prior to the hurricane was he went to each radio station, some of the major radio stations in town. And he said, hey, listen, there's a good chance that there could be a catastrophe someday. It's what I have prepared for. This is Brian talking now. We may be the only television station on the air, but it may be that people won't be able to see us because they're gonna lose electricity. What will they have? Transistor radios. So I'm asking you to consider uh, simulcasting us so that people will be able to at least hear us on the battery operated radio if they lose all their power and a hurricane is coming their way. So Erica, most people did not, who were in in the direct path, did not see us that night, but they heard us on the major radio stations thanks to the foresight of Brian Norcross. 
That's amazing. That's amazing. And so helpful. And to, to have thought of that, that's, that's truly incredible. And what a team. And you're so right in everything you said. I mean, that was, it was such an awful time. But you as a newscaster, you want to help people. That's exactly what you did. And it was career making in the process. So, Well, I, I was very fortunate to even be thought of in the same breath as Brian Norcross. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm telling you, the man uh, is... I think a genius a legend and, uh, and a legend and, and, and a well-deserved legend. I just, I, I adore him. Um, you talked about how I work for the village of Palmetto Bay. Uh, when I was there, I said, Hey, Brian, will you come and talk to the folks about hurricane preparedness? And I mean, that room was packed to this day. How many years later, um, people really respect the man and for good reason. Yeah, I bet. I bet. That's awesome. He's just, um, I mean, so intelligent so intelligent. Yeah. yeah. And a good guy, he's a great guy and uh, he's living his best life. And um, we've stayed friends, Brian and Tony, all of us, you know, that's, and I think you'll agree with this when you're in the television news business, we are in such um, a rarefied air in that everyone who is there is living their dream job. If you're in television, it's because you want to be and you've worked for it, particularly in a market this big. So to be in a career that you've always dreamed of, people are happy, people are positive, and they want to see each other succeed. And so it is really a teamwork effort. Um, and that's why I've stayed friends with all these folks for so many years, because you have that bond that really, um, I think, is is rare because I've, I've now been in other jobs and that's not necessarily the case. Some people are, are at jobs and they tap their watches and say, you know, how, how long before we go home? Um, you know, you never see that in television. We work and stay there until the job is done. And then lots of times we'll go out and we'll we'll have fun with each other, blow off a little steam. I mean, let's face it, what we do and what we cover is, is yep. serious stuff and, and oftentimes tragic. So you, you need to kind of balance that out. And fortunately, you're with a bunch of people who share that same perspective and, um, and want to bond friendship. Listen, some of my best friends are former anchors that I have worked with or the wives of former anchors I've worked with. I'm so lucky. And we have stayed friends over the years. You mentioned San Antonio. Oh my God. One of my best friends. Uh, it was the main anchor when I was the weekend uh, anchor. Wow. And I came there and I thought, oh, her name is Deborah Daniels. I love her. And uh, I remember when I came there, I was so young. I was 23 years old. And I thought she was this older, much more sophisticated because she looked older. And she just had this air about her. P.S. She was only a year older than me and she was doing the best she could do. You know, we all we're all just trying. And the more we think everybody else has it figured out, not so much. I think everybody's trying. We're just all trying to get by. So be kind with each other. But she mm -hmm. was great. We're still buddies. That's mm -hmm. awesome. Again, you said that perfectly. I mean, just nailed it. That's so, so, so true. Um, and what was that? I've done two things perfectly, Erica. Let's go for the trifecta. Yeah, well, I'm sure we will. I'm sure you're going to nail the trifecta. No, but that is something. Deep thoughts. <laughs> we need a whole show about Kelly's deep thoughts. Um, no, no, no. I've had this discussion, though, because more so I've been in, in radio. 
mm-hmm. more so than the, the television aspect. Even when I was a traffic reporter, you didn't see me, but it's, it really is a love for the business. I'd have that discussion all the time. Um, anyone who is in that business is in it because you love it. Um, right. It's not, I don't know. You don't hear of too many, and maybe there are, I don't want to, I don't want to generalize, but not too many very happy accountants or, or very happy. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. I think some people go into uh, certain careers that they're just not happy doing. I don't know how to word that. Like I said, I don't want to generalize. There might be some very happy attorneys and accountants and everything, but, but um, when you go into radio and television, you really have to love what you do. Um, and a lot so because like you were saying, it is very gory. It, it's almost in the sense of, a, and I don't want to compare it too much to a police officer, but you see the same thing, the same mm-hmm. gore. You're on the same scene. Uh, mm-hmm. The news is there with the police. So it really is going through almost the same thing. Right. And I, I, I don't know about you, but I have forged so many bonds with police officers because um, I would never compare myself to a police officer. But yes, we do see some of the things uh, that uh, they see and my respect for them, uh, particularly when I was much younger and getting into the business and seeing how they handle things uh, just grew exponentially. And to this day, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I, I love the blue and um yeah, they, they really don't teach you that in, in uh, college. You know, you, you, you have college and it's wonderful in theory, but if you're lucky enough, uh, like me, you mentioned Victoria, Texas, that was a tiny little town that was starting a brand new television station. And I went there right after graduation. I was so lucky to have gotten that job because you learn everything because you have to do everything there. Uh, Small markets are wonderful. You get your bumps and bruises there. You learn how to do the things that others will be doing as you progress. So I shot uh, stories for other reporters. And what was interesting, Erica, is back in those days, you couldn't just shoot a story on your phone like they do today. Right. for that, for that uh, convenience. Uh, but back then it was hauling around a 40 pound Ikigami camera. And then you had the recorder, the great big recorder, and then a light kit. And that's, that's fine. That's okay. I'm a girl. Hey, girl power. I, and I did it for other women and other men, but here's, here's the caveat. <laughs> My first station was owned by this very proper Southern woman. And she thought, I want all my reporters to wear dresses. No, these are just the women, not all (laughs) the women reporters. I want them all to wear dresses or skirts to work. Well, wait a minute, Mrs. Constant. We, um, A, (laughs) have to to drag all this equipment through work. And B, I don't know if I have enough dresses to wear a dress or a suit every day. Do you know what she did? She and and we respectfully said that to her that, you know, we're just starting out. We don't have this wardrobe. Well, she, a wealthy, very generous woman, brought all of us one night. We all gathered around all the women and she had like four tables. She laid out all of her clothes that she no longer wore in all different sizes. Wow. Girls, this is all for you. Now I have everything in different sizes. So you just go through There's accessories too. She's very quiet. Very subtle. Oh God, I loved her. And we did. And I wore some of her clothes for years. Oh, she had wow. such good taste. 
such good taste. Now, as far as going through the field with all this equipment, shooting for each other, we were allowed to change. Ultimately, we were allowed to change into slacks when we had to shoot for each other. But when we were on camera at all times, dresses or skirts. Now, we're going back a ways. This was 1982. And I don't think that that, that rule um, was around much longer. But uh, what a wonderful experience that was. And um, I mean, everything. I ran the teleprompter for other anchors. I would go in on my day off and run the teleprompter. So I learned how a teleprompter worked. I would run the computers for weather. You name it, I did it. And, and for those who are just starting out, if you're watching and you have children who are getting into the business, if they're offered a job in a tiny market, tell them to take it. Not just because it's, it's starting their career and getting a good um, resume under their belts, but it really does give them experience that they will um, call upon years and years and years into their career. So yeah, that was so fun. Victoria, that only lasted a year though, Erica. And then it was on to bigger and better things. I didn't have to shoot for each other anymore uh, in San Antonio, but, but that's where I met my friend, Deborah, and really learned uh, the craft of, of anchoring and reporting, still reporting. So how lucky was I to- You're very lucky been given those opportunities so early on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But as you said, you have to love it because it was all ours. And, but I had nothing going on. In my, I mean, I was from Maryland, so this was Texas. So I moved there for the job and I totally immersed myself in the job as again, as I um, tutor young people to do go, go get those smaller jobs, get them under your belt. And as you progress, you will, you will move on and call upon those things a lot, a lot more than maybe you ever thought you did, particularly now, even the bigger markets now are calling on the reporters to do what is called a one man band, meaning you will have to shoot your own stories. That's the way it is. You know, television is not what it was back when I started. There are so many other, uh, media to take the place of your news gathering, you know, uh, with cable infusion that started, you know, back in the mid eighties. And then of course the computer and our phones, there's so many ways right. we can get. So, um, it is not the revenue maker that it was for these stations now. So take the opportunity, get the job where you can, and then just keep staying curious you know, that's another thing. Sometimes these younger kids get into the business because, oh, I think it's going to be fun and I want to be on TV. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, I mm-hmm. think I've done for it. Well, good, but please don't make that your primary reason for trying to get on. You, you want to get on because you believe you have a talent for storytelling and, and moreover, you care about what's going on. You really have to have a vested interest interest, and be curious. You want to ask the questions that everybody is thinking. So if you don't have that um, organic curiosity, I don't, I don't know about you. I would question your, your motives there, but there are so many people like yourself that I met how many years ago, 20, 30 years ago, um, that you could just see had that spark and the curiosity and they wanted to learn and they were really curious about their, their, their Miami, their world. And that's what it takes, that, that seed of curiosity. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Again, I think that's my third deep thought. Yeah. 
<laughs> trifecta. I was just going to say another perfect thought, another perfect thought, because that really, you nailed it. And Mark. you've, you've had, honestly, you've had a wonderful career, but again, you're talking about, look how long ago you started and mm -hmm. look at what you went through. And so then younger folks, probably see you like, wow, I want to be there. I want to do what she's doing. She's having fun. She's a big anchor, but you don't walk into it. Maybe nowadays you do some, you know, from college go straight to the anchor desk, but, but you don't just do that. You don't just step into that. There are dues that had to get paid and you paid a lot of them. You learned the industry, you had a love for the industry and a huge care for the industry. And that's why you got to have fun doing what you did and why you got the jobs you did. And what I'm getting at is I think at some point, I, I even, uh, I don't know when you were with the village of Palmetto Bay was 2018, but you were on air with Paul and young Ron on their oh, yeah. show. I mean, and that was, what, but you know, that's what I mean. Oh my gosh. Everyone loves you. Everyone loved you. You are just so entertaining. Oh, well, listen, that was an entirely different um, experience. Yes, it was broadcasting, but entirely different from news. And can I tell you, that was probably one of the most enjoyable jobs I ever had. That began because I was a big fan of the Paul and Young Ron show, as was almost everyone in South Florida. Right. And one day they asked some of the newscasters, hey, I fill in. It was a bit, you know, uh, come in and fill in as a producer. And they asked me to do it. I'm like a producer. I really wasn't producing it. But what I did was I got together with a songwriter friend of mine and together we wrote a song that uh, I produced and they played it on the air and it was funny. And that sort of snowballed into, hey, would you like to be the girl on the show? Wasn't that nice? The girl on the show uh, once a week. So I would come in and just kind of give the female perspective of all their shenanigans. And uh, next thing you know, they helped me get a job at the cluster, meaning the group of, of radio stations. So I was down the hall um, doing a, a show that was kind of, um, well, they have them in different markets. They're, it's kind of like, um, she, it was called she, but it wasn't the typical she that used to be on. Um, right. The, Sort of airways. It was like the Tom show where you, you hear the voices of somebody or the, the Jack FM that they have in Baltimore, but they called it she here. Long story short, I would, I, it was so creative. I could write all of the um, fun little uh, things that you would hear somebody say. Um, I don't know what they call them. They used to call them drops, I guess. And it was so fun and so interesting. So then me being down the hall, they would bring me in, Paul and Young Ron now I'm talking about, they would bring me in twice a week and then three times a week. And then it was Monday through Friday, I would be in the back kind of um, writing some things for them or doing some computer work and they would grab me and bring me on. So that lasted about three or four years and I loved it, thoroughly <laughs> And what's interesting was, you know, you, you see how the sausage is made. And I realized that the business of being funny is quite serious when you're not on the air. So as soon as the, I mean, it could be the most raucous, funny thing for 10 minutes on the air. When the commercial would hit, they would go into the very serious business of planning the next segment, what's right. going to in, and I was kind of like, wow. And Ron would read the paper and check the computer about what's going on. It was, it was very quiet. It was a sanctuary. You did not go in there and just start talking to anybody. They really needed that sort of cone of silence to plan. Um, and then the level of talent of Paul Castronovo and of Ron Brewer, to me, it was a God-given gift that those guys were just organically funny 
and it raises your game. So if I was there and you say that I was funny and you enjoyed it, that's the most extreme compliment because with the two of them, you know, on, on either side of me, my God, how humbling it was at times. And by the way, when I would try something and it wouldn't work, they would let it die. They would say, you're on this show, you die a slow death. And I'm like, yeah, when I'm on your show, I die a slow death because you killed me. They set you up sometimes. Just, and that's funny in and of itself. So, you know, you try sometimes, but, but you also learn not to try too hard, not around those guys, because it doesn't work. Right, 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 right. I just remember my dad saying to me one day, he calls me up and I'm at work at the at the same time they were on air and you guys were on air. I was already at work and he calls up and he's like, you've got to tune in to Paul and young Ron. You got to listen to Kelly. And I'm like, well, I'm at work. And it was tough because I really loved their show, but obviously being busy doing what I was doing at the exact same time, it was very hard to, to listen to their show. But he's like, you have to, you have to find out if they can play it back. He thought that was the greatest. So, well, I, it's it's unusual for a newscaster to um, to go from one role where you don't really see too much of a personality and it is all about the news right. to, to another uh, that is all about the personality. So um, thank thank your dad for me. If he found me amusing, I'm I'm highly complimented. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome for him. It was it was great. It was great. Now let's talk about the village of Palmetto Bay because um, Mayor Karen Cunningham is one of my favorite guests on this show. So I know that you were her PIO, her public information officer. Tell me about um, what you did with Karen. <laughs> well, um, it, it's interesting because yes, Karen is is and was when I was there, the mayor. When I started, it was uh, Mayor Eugene Flynn, and then Karen ran against him and won. And my job as public information officer, one of my responsibilities um, was writing and helping her write um, entries for magazines, speeches, um, entries for her own blog, etc. And uh, I really got to know what it takes to be a public servant. You know, you and I have covered many things where we, we talk to mayors and we get their perspective on things. Um, but to see someone uh, close up and see exactly what they do every day in their role as mayor uh, was extremely uh, humbling because they really dedicate themselves to public service. And there are very complicated matters that affect lives every day that they have to deal with. And I think going into the job of mayor that I have learned is you're not going to make everybody happy and you have to be willing to have a very thick skin and a very strong sense of purpose and to believe what you are doing is the right thing and to maintain that steady course. Uh, and she has that. So uh, every, to me, Erica, every experience is a learning experience, whether it was a good experience or a bad experience, what did you learn from it? And for me, that job was a great experience because I learned so much about myself, what I'm good at, what I'm not good at, what I probably will never be good at. But there are things that I think 
together, she and I accomplished that were great things. And so um, I'm very proud to have worked with her, even prouder to have forged a great relationship with her personally. We're great friends now. And um, I still do some consulting uh, for government work, not just with her, but for with others. And so uh, it's exciting. And um, what a great place to live, Palmetto Bay. She, she is very lucky to, um, to live there. And um, I think she would say even luckier to serve the people. But boy, does she ever work her tail off. I have never worked with anybody who works harder for any one purpose than she does. Um, I, I can't believe it because you have to. That's there why are- she's one of my favorites. I know. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And she never gets her feathers ruffled. That's that's probably the, the prime thing that I was so impressed with her about. You know, we as people kind of go on the defensive naturally when somebody comes after us. She knows that as the mayor, she isn't going to make everybody happy, not all the time. So I think she has taken it into her constitution that that's part of the job and I'm not going to let it ruffle her. And I've never seen her ruffled ever, ever. And that's good. That's really good. That's really good. I know that's really with anyone. You get enemies with anything. That's really with anyone. But um, I know she's got a few folks who don't like her too much because since I have her on the show, uh, they have managed to infiltrate my inbox. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So uh, you just have to ignore it. You do. It's it's an unusual uh, place where people are very vocal about what they want and what they don't want. Uh, but she handles it gracefully and beautifully. Mm-hmm. And so uh, she's one of my favorite peeps of all time for that reason. And again, I, I, I emulate that when, when my feathers get ruffled. I don't get my feathers ruffled. And by the way, how do you like my feather? I don't get my feathers ruffled very <laughs> easily anymore. Uh, but when I feel that, when I get my hackles up at times, I never raise my voice. Like she never raises her voice and she handles it kind of like a teacher would because she is a teacher. She's, She's a teacher. teacher. You know? Yeah. I, maybe she looks at all of them as first graders. I don't know. Maybe, you know, a formal, but she's great. And uh, really thoroughly enjoyed working there. I did. That was for a little over two years. That's awesome. And you were a phenomenal public information officer. Well, I don't know about phenomenal, but it was a new, it was a new, thank you though. It it was a new role for me. And um, one that I learned new things every day because I am not a technical person, but my job required me to be. And that means I sat in a little nine by nine room for a six hour council meeting once a month, two, three times a month and would work five cameras and then make sure that, yes, I, I was when working the cameras, getting the close-ups of the, you know, on the, on the council people's faces. Um, so yeah, so I did that along with um, uh, another person who was in my department. And um, we tried to make it as, as interesting as we could, but sitting there and watching how all of that was handled, I mean, issues that required a lot of detail and a lot of thought and a lot of input from a lot of people boy, you, you, politics, what, what a, uh, what a gig. Yeah. And that's I, gotta be totally different. I mean, you reported politics and everything, but that's gotta be totally different from what you did. You just, you went from hard news to joking around with Paul and young Ron, and then you went into politics. So that's quite the, the diverse uh, talent that you have. 
Well, I don't know about uh, diverse, but it was some, I, I, I will tell you that I'll try something that I think I may have the aptitude for. And um, going in there, I knew that I could write. I knew I could get television coverage for what we were doing. Um, the technical part of it, I'll be the first to say, oh, that was a challenge. That was something that I really had to learn slowly. You know, people your age and younger think nothing of doing everything on the computer and doing this and, and multitasking. For somebody my age, um, it's a little bit harder, but we'll learn it. And I remember telling all the kids, the 20-year-olds, the computer geniuses running around, I'd say, okay, tell me this like I'm your mother, okay? How would you explain this to your mother? And they would laugh, and I would say, it's not funny. Please, slow it down. Slow Slow it down a little bit for mommy, Okay. Because she needs a slow explanation. Yeah. Oh my but, goodness! Hey, we got through it somehow, and I'm still friends with those little kids today, the little computer geniuses. And here's the interesting thing: they would come to me and say, "You know, I like this girl, but she's not she's not really responding to me." And I and I'm wondering what I could do a little bit different. And I was like, "Okay, now you're in my wheelhouse. <laughs> Let's have a conversation and tell mommy all about it." Okay to this day. So I love that. We all have our talents, Erica. My talent is not technical, but I, I will try. Mommy will learn it eventually. That's, you know, all of us. I am old school. There's still moments when I'm with my phone. I'm like, why isn't this working? You know, yeah. but, but I have to tell you, I miss the days of that picture. I just showed you on the computer. Hello. Remember these printouts? Mm. Um, I miss that. <laughs> I know, right? I really do. And I know that was probably more of a pain in the butt. We had film, we had to go process it at Eckerd's. I'm really dating myself here, right? No, <laughs> I remember that store. And um, yeah. oh, and I still love printing out some pictures. And it's so funny because when people stay with me, because I live in Naples now, when my friends from Miami come over, I take those little CVS prints and put whoever's staying with me, I put them in the frame and put that back in the bedroom. So when they come, they say, oh, you have my picture <laughs> in the frame because you like five, six of them will fly out because I change it for every one. So yeah, that's I'm like, funny. I'm still that CVS customer, Erica. That's <laughs> I, I actually didn't think they still, well, of course they do, but uh, yeah, I got rid of those cameras, but I, I miss that. I really do miss that. I miss having the hard copies because um, twice now I've lost all the photos in my phone and that's oh. a heartbreaking ordeal. <laughs> so, well, you know what, if, if go into Facebook, because if you've ever uploaded them on your Facebook page, you will be able to find those in the Facebook uploads. That's where I have recovered some of my pictures that I thought were gone because you forget what you upload to share with everyone. If you've uploaded it in your Facebook account that we all established back in 2008, it will be there. <laughs> that's, that's four deep thoughts from Kelly. <laughs> I'm not counting, but okay. I like that show. You know what? I can voice the intro and outro for you deep Would thoughts you? with Kelly. Oh my God. Do it. Do it now. Let's hear it. What would it be? Go ahead. Deep Thoughts with Kelly. What do you want to know? Thank you for listening to Deep Thoughts with Kelly. <laughs> You're hired. <laughs> God, That's I love awesome. Oh, there you go. You need to do something like that, but... Let's talk about what you are doing because you're not done with NBC six just yet. You're still um, doing the Broward health ads, right. And other yes. spots for the station yes. and you're doing yes. it from home. I don't know if COVID had any part in that, but talk to me about that. 
it had everything to do with it. Um, Eric is talking about the fact that I still do commercials that air on NBC six. I can't stand them. I mean, well, I, maybe I shouldn't say that. <laughs> Let's put it this way. I do my own makeup because yes, the film crews come to my, my home here and film them, shoot them here because of COVID. Um, I am interviewing doctors and people, the health professionals at Broward Health. They are being shot over there. So together through Zoom, we I do the interviews and then it's all cut together at the station. But yeah, that's what's happening. They come over to my home in Naples and shoot them. And it's so fun. And I don't know about you, but I really learn about health and um the surgeons that I interview have such interesting things to say that I, again, you talk about the curiosity. I love it. And so, yeah, they'll call me and say, let's do another set of commercials. And in fact, tomorrow they're coming to my little humble abode and we're going to shoot a couple more. So I'm really thrilled to still, you know, have my toe dipped in that water. And um, yeah, you'll see them. You'll see Kelly Craig pop up on your screen when you least expect it while you're watching NBC six. So that's a lot of fun. I yeah. love that. I love that. And I'm I'm not blowing smoke up there when I say this, but Kelly, you really look like, I mean, almost better than I knew you 20 years ago. You really, you look phenomenal. Well, you, you do. you're so happy for saying that. I, I don't know about that. I have a really good light here and the backlight. <laughs> I dress the set for this. No, but you know what? I honestly believe, Erica, is that you, your outside really reflects how you're feeling on the inside. That's true. And- me um, moving to Naples here um, almost yeah a year ago uh, was probably one of the best things I ever did. I'm fortunate to be in a position that I could do that. Um, I'm I'm in love. My father says I can tell you're in love. And I said why, Dad? He says because your nostrils flare every time you talk about him. Like, Maybe that's what it is. You're absolutely wrong, Dad. <laughs> I hear what you're talking about. But yeah, so there's that. And you're um, talented. That's awesome. Can you uh, and, uh, flex for us too? <laughs> I said flex. You can flex for us too. Okay, that's a term that you young people use. What does flex mean? Does flex mean like you're 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 bragging a little bit, or do you mean literally flex? I meant literally flex. Oh, I have nothing to lift here but a hairbrush. <laughs> Wow. There you go. And now you got to flare the nostrils at the same time. I can't, I I can't do, I can't do the flare on demand. It has to be, (laughs) I'm so sorry. There you go. Oh, that's too funny. Yeah. I'm happy for you. I'm really happy for you that you're in love. You're in Naples. Kelly, things are going really well for you. That's awesome really are. And I'm blessed. And, um, you know, I went through a really rough time, Erica, everything hasn't been roses, just like everybody's life, you you have problems. And, you know, I got divorced after 25 years, and that was something. So I'm not here to sit up and say my life has just been, you know, the garden path of, of everything wonderful. It hasn't it was it was bad. And um, I went through a really severe anxiety. Um, and fortunately that got under control after a few months, but every day I would wake up and I was panicked, just panicked because suddenly the life I knew with my husband and my son was over. And how do you, you when you feel like the rug has been ripped out from under you and you have to go on and live a life and um, take care of everyday things, 
you, you need to move on. And so I got, I got help. I, I got over it and I made it through, but going back to what we talked about at the very beginning, if I had faith that everything was going to turn out fine, if I had relied on my faith um, more decidedly, I think maybe I would have gotten through it even a little bit faster. But even then I was remembering, geez, every time I've been in a rut before, every time I have had this issue before, if I had just relied on my faith a little bit more, I would have been okay. And I ultimately was. So again, going back to your higher power, always remember that and know that other people don't have it figured out either. They really don't. We all, when we're sort of in that place, that that horrible place, or maybe it, it's not necessarily anxiety, maybe it's depression for some folks, maybe it's uh, loneliness, which is awful. Um, you really have to know that not everybody has it figured out and other people are just as depressed, anxious, or lonely as you. And sometimes you have to take a chance and reach out to people and and ask them and confide in people. Be very selective who you confide in, but confide in people and say, I'm going through something. What do you think? Because friends are so important. You know, when I was a little girl, my grandmother, Southern woman, not the same Southern woman who owned the station I was telling you about. This is my grandmother from Virginia, uh, my nan. And she used to say, darling, let me tell you something. Friends are the most important things in life. If you have friends, you are rich. And I am rich because of my friends. And God, she was right. She was right. I am so blessed to have such a supportive circle of friends. And a lot of these friends didn't come to me. I had to reach out to them and really keep up with the friendship. This doesn't, you know, if somebody's going to come into your life, you have to reach out and make sure, hey, are you okay? It's a give and take, but, but lean on your friends. And um, I believe in the law of attraction. You've had other guests on your show that talk about how important the law of attraction is. And it's, it's the truth. When you reach out to people and they see that a good person is reaching out to them, they will then return that. So I'm so lucky to have an immediate circle of friends and then one that's maybe a little bit more on, on the, uh, I don't want to say on the outer layer because that sounds diminutive. It's not. Um, but those who I don't necessarily speak to all the time, but I know they're there and I know I can rely on them. And even don't laugh at this, your Facebook friends, isn't it fun? Sometimes it was my birthday Saturday. Okay. It's my birthday two days ago. Yes, happy had- birthday, by the way, again. Oh, you're oh, thank you, and happy birthday! Is your birthday around now? Did you say? Or yeah, was- yeah, yeah, yeah. So happy birthday to you, my lady, once again. But I guess just everybody wishing you happy birthday. Isn't that the best when you see yes. people and pe- some people that you hadn't even thought about in so long? It is so humbling and so sweet. It's just there's just a sweetness to that. Mm-hmm. Um, that I'm so lucky to have. You're not going to get me to cry, Erica Del Sordo, but it. It means much to me. Well, and you, you hear from people though, you hear from people who you're like, oh, I didn't think that they, you know, you, you don't hear from them for years or. I didn't know he liked me. I didn't even think he liked me. (laughs) I didn't know that person was still my Facebook friend. Right, right, right. (laughs) 
your Facebook friends, but it, it just, it means so much to, so shout out to Facebook and, um, I don't know, just, just the takeaway from this, I think is Erica, no matter who you are, no matter how much people think of you and think, oh man, does she have her life together? People have their struggles. Everyone struggles to some degree or the other. And we're all just trying to, we're like the ducks with our feet going. So when you see someone who you think is struggling, ask how they are. And ask again if they answer and you don't believe them because we all need help from time to time and we are all able to return that help and support each other um, most of the time. But take the time to get help from others when you need it, really. So yes, you said, oh, I'm so happy for you that you're happy. This not... It took a while. It took a while and, and I'm very blessed. I'm very blessed. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you very much. I think a lot of people need to hear that because again, I know we're talking about your, your beautiful career and you look beautiful and everything is wonderful and, and people don't understand that there has been a hard struggle. You got through it. God Mm -hmm. is good. Um, Mm -hmm. And people don't know that some people don't, they really don't understand that, that everyone really does. It's not all sunshine and butterflies and Mm -hmm. It all depends on how you come out on the other end. Right, right. And um, and fortunately, I'm absolutely fine. If you had told me I'd be living this life three years ago when, uh, you know, there was a lot more to that particular year than, than just the divorce. It was like um, one after the other after the other. And the hits just kept on coming. And I just thought, please, 2019, please be over with. It was my year where, I, you know, I lost my mother. I had some serious health issues, but it was just one on top of the other on top of the other. And it was like, when is this? you know what storm going to stop. So we all go through it, ladies and germs, and we all need to help each other when we do go through it. I don't care who you are, you will go through it at some point or the other. And and only by reaching out to each other can, can we really uh, thrive and, and, and live your best life. That's so true. That's so true. And what I, I mean, a great takeaway. My dip, fifth deep thought, maybe. Fifth mm. deep thought. So talk to me about Jack Ryan, your son. Oh. He's in college. How has he helped you through this? What's he up to? I remember when he was just a baby. He's in college I now. <laughs> oh, little rat fink. I love him so much. He is um, a character. He makes me laugh. No matter what, he'll come up with something. Yeah, he's a, a student at FSU. Um, he, like so many other uh, students, are taking their courses online now. So he's at home in Miami uh, finishing up. He's got six more credits. He's taking the slow boat to China to graduate. So God bless him. And he's he's getting through. I'm so very proud of him. And, um, and he's doing some substitute teaching at his high school, Westminster Christian School. So he's staying busy. He... Um, uh, turned into a, a, a nice young man. So I'm very proud of him. And yeah, he calls his mama like a good boy. Oh, that's really sweet. How old is he now? He is 24. And um, he just came over and helped me celebrate Easter on the beach. 
We had a nice little day on the beach and then we went over to Pop Pops. My father lives one street over. So we went over to Pop Pops for Easter and we had just a, a, a grand time. So uh, hopefully he'll be coming over a lot more often. It's hard to get him over here to Naples. He said, mom, everybody looks like Pop Pop over there. I said, yes, yes, son. <laughs> there's, there's an older population here and they come here because it's a, a lot slower than Miami, yet they still get the wonderful beach and uh, this great weather and older people like to be warm in the winter. So yes, they come here and they, they make our economy thrive. So I love my neighbors. And besides, you know, when the most, I, I would say our population is probably the median age, at least in my neighborhood is about 80. Makes me look younger, Erica. There you go. <laughs> By comparison, I stand next to those ladies and say, hey, now. <laughs> nice. Very nice. There's a perspective. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. I'd imagine he, he would want to visit you more. I mean, that's you're in a beautiful area. Why would you well, not go visit mom on the beach? Oh, well, he lives in Miami. So the beach is there and he likes that space. And I say, someday, son, someday you're going to like it uh, a little bit slower. He said, absolutely not. And I'm like, okay, well, you go live you. You go do you, son, but I'll be over here. And he visits, but he's a, he's a character, that one. I wonder where he gets it. Couldn't be from you. Yeah. They, they never realized that one day that, that party lifestyle and that all that lively Miami-ness, well, yeah, they'll, they'll want some place in the country at some point. Right. Miami-ness, you're funny. Miami-ness, there's an Erica-ism for you. Kelly, thank you so much. This has really been fun. I know a lot of people were probably like, where did Kelly Craig go? And that's why I wanted to have you on the show so many times. And we got to do it now, which is perfect. Well, it was my honor to have been asked. And may I say your hair is just so wonderful. How do you get those long sausage curls? Maybe we should talk later, but maybe the people want to know because maybe they've been thinking this is, how do you do that? We have to maybe do a whole show on my hair because remember Paul in his show is talking about my feathered hair and now you've called them sausage curls. I love that. Do you want to know something funny? Um, I went to the mall many moons ago. I don't really like malls, but my girlfriend and I, we were at the mall. I want to say this might've been 20 years ago and there's a product. I don't even know if they're still around. This is awful. The her styler. You ever hear the her styler and it's a curling iron. That's not a typical curling iron. It's just a long piece of ceramic. So it's supposed okay. to keep your hair healthier. And so I do that before all of my shows and I've got my her styler that still works after 20 years. <laughs> Okay, so that's a good product. And yeah. yes, your hair is bouncing and behaving, lady. I like it. And well, thank I just you. That's a question that everybody has probably been wondering this entire time. So now I can breathe easier. I asked the question. We all know your secret and we can't get a 20 year old product, but at least we can try to emulate you. My hair has gone so flat as we're talking, but enough about me. What do you think about me? <laughs> <laughs> Kelly, I think you look beautiful. You really, you really do. And I, I can't stop saying that. And I, I really mean that. I really mean that. You look fantastic. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me. This was a pleasure. You're welcome. You're welcome. By the way, I was going to say, you know what also is a big secret? Because when I was living in, in the city, in Hollywood, um, you get city water. And that dries out your hair. Well, now that I live in the country up here, I have a water softener. If anyone really wants a good hair secret, the water soft, um, I have never, there are no extensions in here. I have never, even when I was young, had my hair grow this long ever. Well, 
beautiful. And can I just sum this all up by saying when I was in the business really early on, I would do a hard hitting story. And I was so proud of my journalistic uh, methods going out there. My mother would watch the show and say, oh, I love that shade of lipstick. Where did you get it? You know. <laughs> so what, what, how do we end this? Talking about hair. So I have become my mother. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I can't thank you enough. This is wonderful. We need to stay in touch and we need to do a show with Karen or somehow get us all together at some point. I think Karen will probably agree with me and say that we'd love to go to Naples and visit you. <laughs> I would love, you have an open invitation, my dear. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Kelly, so much for today. My pleasure. Thanks for listening to today's talk with Erica. Join me next week for another discussion with the experts who help make life easier. Please visit my website, ericadelsordo.com, where you'll find all of my social media platforms and more. And be sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel. Once again, thanks for listening.